Chapter 44 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 44. Dr. Juno informed where Lucinda is imprisoned. The time Pat O'Connor ordered Dr. Juno into a closet at General Armington's residence when someone knocked at the door at a very unusual hour of the evening, it proved that the bloody conspirators had kept a sharp eye on Dr. Juno after the mistake they made in the insane asylum, when the latter, by permission, visited the insane General Armington. The circumstances are familiar to the reader, and when the person who knocked for admission was admitted, Pat O'Connor recklessly asked him, "'Your Honor, and what can I do to serve you?' The visitor, being no one long or short of Mr. Grumbler of the Conclave, stammered, and hesitatingly said, I, I called here for Dr. Juno. A friend of mine is sick, and I was told that he was seen coming to this house. I am to bring him quick as possible to the sick man. Your friend be sick, bees he? And you were told that Dr. Juno was seed a-comin' here? But, Dad, that creature what seed him a-comin' here must have seed his ghost. For, I tell you, Dr. Juno and myself be's mortal enemies. Do you mind that? You better go to his office, and not be a-huntin' around here for that dirty devil, angrily said Pat O'Connor. So, so responded Mr. Grumbler. You then are no friend of this man? Begora, how can you ax me such a thing again when I told you? I hate the seducer of decent damsels. If this Dr. Juno should come to this house now, while well, I have the honor to be boss, I'd murder him. Do you mind that? Yes, and I wish you would tell him so, and if you was nothing more, I thank you to hunt this fine doctor, where you may find the devil, sarcastically said Pat. This cool language and defiant air of an ignorant Irish man threw Brother Grumbler entirely off his guard, and convinced him that Pat was an enemy to Dr. Juno, who gave him grumbler the cold shoulder because pat believed him to be the doctor's friend and if juno's patrons would receive such severe treatment from pat o'connor what would dr juno himself get should he call on pat thus mr grumbler departed in a serene and satisfied state of mind reporting his convictions to the saints in whose service he was operating and they also felt easy on that topic. Still, they knew that Jemmy and Pat O'Connor were chums, and therefore Pat had better be watched.
When Mr. Grumbler had gone, Pat and Judy closed the house thoroughly, and set their prisoner free, who was locked up in the closet, when Pat asked him, "'Good doctor, and did you hear me blarneying that bloody curmudgeon?' "'Yes, Pat, you are a tramp. "'Surely your ready answers and deliberately cool deportment, "'if the tone of your voice proves anything, were excellent, "'and you threw that guilty scoundrel entirely off his guard. "'Now then, Pat, I am ready and very anxious "'to learn more about my dear Lucinda, about Jemmy, and the man that was to be drowned, said the doctor. All right, I'll tell you, and I'll begin at the beginning. Jemmy B's Judy Darlin's cousin, and he told us that he seed our sweet Mistress Lucinda. Here Pat and Judy snivelled like innocent children. That he, he, seed her, looked up in a third-story cell, and this bees all meself and Judy knows of it. Jemmy, then, I suppose, was caught at his work of aiding us? He spoke to me on several occasions, but he said nothing of dear Lucinda. Oh, God, comfort and save her until I am ready to free her, ejaculated Dr. Juno. Ugh, good doctor! Jemmy did not wish to hurt your feelings, and that bees why he did not tell you, said Judy McCrae, modestly, but still sniveling. Undoubtedly you are right, responded Dr. Juno. I knows Judy Darlin bees right, because Jemmy told us both that he did not wish you to be made feel so bad, said Pat, and, wiping his eyes, added, Oh, Jemmy B's a good man, if he be's a strong Roman Catholic. God bless Jemmy, and also bless you both. But I want to disabuse your minds about my ideas of the Roman Catholic Church. The Catholic is the only true Church, when in its pristine state. I am a Catholic in every sense of the word, responded Dr. Juno whose eyes were filling with huge drops of tears whilst he was uttering these words. He was thinking of his beloved Lucinda, and as he was now satisfied that she was in that third story, closely confined in a cell, he could not think of anything else but to free her at once. Faint heart never won fair lady, and a cowardly knave was not worthy of so excellent a creature. Still, a voice cried, Prudence, Prudence. These three distressed souls sat, like innocent children, for some minutes, weeping and meditating on the same subject. They were evidently in this one place with one accord, which caused them to be inspired with the Holy Spirit, when all at once Dr. Juno exclaimed, Good, most faithful friends, God, and right here on our side. And who can be against us when he is for us? We shall trust confidingly in his holy laws, 
but shall rigidly work with all our might to free every one of our friends as speedily as possible. Ah, Dr. Juno, may the Lord bless you for that word, sighed Pat, for poor Jemmy must be a sufferin' much, and so do our sweet lady and master, and myself and Judy darlin' would give our lives to see them every one free. Pat, your great heart is full of the milk of genuine Christian kindness, and God will guide us, provided we shall cautiously use our inwrought faculties, which we shall assuredly do, said the doctor. Ten thousand ideas flashed through Dr. Juno's brain at that moment, and he at once tried to arrange things, which he knew to be true, so that instant relief might come to his precious Lucinda. Thought he, what insults may that angel not have suffered, and all on my account. O oh Lord, fill her soul with hope and joy, for the hour of her deliverance is not far distant. Let me see. Jemmy is in the penitentiary. I must at once seek our noble-minded governor of this commonwealth, and ask him to pardon Jemmy, who will be of great service to me. I will do this discreetly, if I can. Then I must organize a secret society for the purpose of matching these bloody conspirators. And as soon as I can get sufficient men together to free my beloved Lucinda, I will make a dash into that hell-hole of an insane asylum. But would it not be better to sue out a habeas corpus? and compel the physician-in-chief to produce her in court? No, no, there is no judge now upon the bench who dares to insist to search for her in this hell-hole, if the bloody clique say that no such person is there. Truly, they have made the impression that I seduced, carried away, and deserted the beloved of my soul. Oh, they would make a laughing stock of me for the presumption of asking for a writ of habeas corpus. End of chapter forty four. Recording by Meg Turasek.